Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Friday, June 16th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. You can find me there at Casey Daniels 317. Of course, we're both on YouTube right now as we're live streaming. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Let's talk about what's going on with Tucker Carlson. We've been spending some time on him, but uh, that's because he's starting to release his Tucker on Twitter episodes and they get massive, massive views. But now it's being reported that Tucker Carlson was snubbed by Joe Rogan. Apparently, Tucker wanted to tell his version of the Fox News meltdown and how he was booted from the network, and he wanted to do it on Joe Rogan's podcast with his 11 million listeners. But apparently, Joe Rogan is not returning his calls. So this is the Daily Mail that has this story, and this is really fascinating, and we were talking about this during the break. What reason would there be for Rogan, who lives for clicks and listens and shares, to not have Tucker Carlson on the show, if indeed this report is true, right? based on especially now seeing what a juggernaut Carlson has proven to be. Without Fox. Even without Fox. Yeah, exactly. So Joe Rogan has said during his podcast, he stated on the air that he'd like to chat with Tucker Carlson, but then they're saying that his people aren't returning the calls. So is it because Joe Rogan doesn't want to be associated with uh, a conservative or he doesn't, he doesn't want to entertain the ideas of Tucker Carlson? Well, but Rogan has all sorts of, he has Alex Jones on for, right. No, I know Kev, because Kev, you're a, you are a weekly listener to Rogan. Is that right? You listen to Rogan? Not weekly, but I visit his podcast every now and then. You seem like the sort of guy who would spend 16 straight hours listening to Joe Rogan. I could totally see that. way too much. I even think his uh, podcast episodes are like four hours long, and I think that's too long. But you mentioned Alex Jones. Apparently, he was friends with him, Mm -hmm. and that's why he had him on. Um, Not because he thought it would be good content. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's also great content. Well, and you know, maybe it's also a thing where it's like, and I don't know exactly how Joe Rogan's contract works, but maybe it's a thing where he's paid just a salary and it doesn't matter whether he has 50 million or 3 million or 11 million or somewhere, you know, somewhere in between. And maybe he just thought to himself, this guy's somewhat quasi competition. Hmm. Maybe I don't want to. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know that be. for sure. It just doesn't make any sense on why you would have an opportunity to get a guy who would put a gajillion eyeballs on your product, and you wouldn't want to seize that opportunity. Yeah, because it would be. It seems like it would be a match made in heaven, a ratings bonanza if the two of them got together. But you you possibly have a point there that Joe Rogan is looking at it as competition because it would take ears and eyes away from what he's doing well tucker it was unexpected by me i don't know maybe he mentioned he was coming out with this episode that he did last night but i was surprised i was sitting there on twitter i was prepping for the show today and boom there was another tucker on twitter episode and in it he has his take on the fox news super 
that called Biden a wannabe dictator. Okay, so uh, the super is the thing that's on the bottom of the screen. Yes. It's, it's like the headline. Yes. And at some point during the Trump indictment, Fox News said that Biden was a wannabe dictator. <laughs> and Tucker called out the producer on Fox who did that. That producer was let go within 24 hours. During the episode of Tucker on Twitter, at times it sounded like he was defending Fox, and then at times it sounded like he was attacking Fox News. But in this clip we're about to play for you, he paints a picture of a wannabe dictator. Listen to this and determine who he's describing in your head. It is not a small thing to be a wannabe dictator. It's quite a process. There are a lot of steps. First off, there is the money. The one thing that all dictators have in common is they enrich themselves and their families, their tribe, even as the countries they govern grow steadily poorer and more desperate. They take kickbacks from businesses and from other dictators. They use the official functions of their government to funnel cash to themselves. They don't bother to hide the fruits of this. They live in garish mansions with big lawns far from the teeming cities even as their own citizens languish in growing poverty, in some cases, literally living in tents on the street. So they don't really hide it, it's all pretty blatant. And ordinary people resent it. Of course they do, and wannabe dictators know they resent it, but they don't care. There's nothing the population can do about it in a dictatorship. It's no longer possible to fight injustice in a system like that. People can't gather in large numbers to protest the rule of the dictator. If they try that, they'll be arrested by his state security services, even years after the fact. He goes on to talk about that if Biden was a wannabe dictator, then, well, he would have the family to match. And by the way, if Joe Biden was a wannabe dictator, he'd have the family to match. All dictators do. Saddam Hussein had Uday and Kusay. They were princelings who lived above the law indulging their most decadent fantasies with total confidence they would be never held to account by the police. As the sons of a dictator, they knew they could do exactly what they wanted, and so that's what they did. There's no one like that around Joe Biden. He doesn't have weird sex scandals at the heart of his family that no one in the media will ever talk about. He doesn't have a ne'er-do-well former nightclub-owning brother who's made a living for 30 years by being related to him. Not at all. That's dictator stuff. Joe Biden doesn't award ridiculous inflated titles to his relatives that the media are then required to take seriously. He doesn't call people doctor who didn't go to medical school and then force you to nod along like it's real when everyone knows it isn't. So it's interesting to note that the old producer that put up the wannabe dictator graphic on Fox News was actually one of Tucker Carlson's producers. <laughs> so do you think he'll be knocking on his door? Hey, I'm out of work, looking for a job. Chris Sununu was speaking recently. He had his opinion on why Trump is pulling ahead of the field. And you're going to love this. It's, it's not anything to do with Trump. So Chris Sununu is the governor of New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and he was open that he's not running for president. Well, he's not running for president because he has no shot, but he didn't say that. He said, I'm not running for president because I want to spend my time making sure Trump isn't the Republican nominee for president. He's beating the Chris Christie drum at yes. this point. He's yeah. in, in that camp. But uh, he, he's got an idea as why he says that Trump is pulling ahead of the field. And it, it is not anything that Trump is doing. It's because it's everyone else's fault who's running.
I think there's a complete inconsistent message um, from them as a group, uh, even individually. They seem to be wavering in their messages. I feel like there's a lot of political consultants whispering in both their ears at once, and they, depending on what time of day it is, you, you get a kind of a different message. So I, um, I don't know. I just I think there's a huge opportunity to have a re clear and consistent Republican message from all of the candidates running for president. Um, that's not happening right now, and I, I think it um, it allows Donald Trump to stay you know well ahead in the polls, and um, and uh, you know keep rallying more Republican support to behind him as opposed to getting the Republican Party, the average voter, to really appreciate that the Donald Trump is for Donald Trump. Doesn't really represent the pillars of the Republican Party. So he's saying that everybody has to get on the same page, which clearly they're not right now. I mean, you've got Vivek Ramaswamy, who went down to Miami and was saying, sign this pledge letter that you'll pardon Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis, he kind of playing the middle ground, saying that, you know, we shouldn't have weaponization of the Department of Justice, but he's really not mentioning Trump by name. And then you've got all the way to Chris Christie, who is definitely against Trump and, in fact, running for president just so that Trump doesn't become president. He then goes on to say uh, some advice. He tells that everybody they just need to unify against Trump because it sounds like if they don't, they're defending him. If they would all talk in that concert with a, a lot with the, the specificity and the clarity that I think they could be doing, I think there'd be a lot stronger movement away from Donald Trump and all of them, rising tide kind of floats all boats, all of them would be do, doing much better in the polls. But by them not hitting him hard, by not, them not calling the, the truth of this uh, and the severity of this matter to bear, it allows him to, to uh, it almost looks like they're defending him at times. I don't think they mean to do that, but I think they, they, if you're not coming down hard on the guy that's 40 points ahead of you in the polls when he's being indicted, what, <laughs> what's going on? Like, I don't know if, you know, they, they do realize they're running against him, right? I, I don't. So here's the problem with this. And he either doesn't recognize it, which Sununu is a smart guy, so I think he does. So he's just living in a world of denial, basically. Most Republican voters think Trump is getting screwed criticizing him they act like well if people just knew how bad it was they'd feel differently about it no people know what's going on and they think he's getting screwed and they have enough information to believe he's getting screwed and the whole crux of the trump candidacy in 2015-2016 was they don't like people like you chris sununu <laughs> Now, people like me believe Trump was way too nice to the establishment in 2016 and when he became president. And he put people like Dan Coats and, and McConnell's wife and, and you know, Chris Ray and all the other good time fun gang in positions of power. And I don't trust Trump. I don't think Trump will get it right the next time. But I think Trump was too nice to the establishment. But people like Sununu and Chris Christie and, you know, the, the rest of these people, the Bushes, think, well, if people just knew how bad it was, mm -hmm. if you just told them how bad it was, how bad Trump is, well, then they'd see it different. No, they know what your opinion is. They know what the national media's opinion is. They've heard that side of the argument and they reject it because, let's face it, compared to Biden and Hillary and all the other crooks and criminals inside of the federal government, Trump is getting screwed. He uh, went out and he 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 truthed out a lot last night. Oh, but he did thank everybody who showed up in Miami to support him. I want to thank all of the thousands of people in Miami. Great place. 
for <laughs> showing up at the courthouse and doing it in such an elegant manner, so but elegant. showing respect <laughs> because you recognize that this was a false and fraudulent indictment of me by corrupt people. To see the love and the <laughs> the just the spirit was incredible. It was an incredible thing to witness. And the Hispanic community, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, so much, and so many, so many people. I just want to thank everybody. It was heartwarming to watch it. The love, the total love and the spirit. So again, to Miami and to all of the people in Miami, which we've had tremendous success with, which is very, very special and a very special place. But more importantly, very, very special people. Thank you very much for being there. I appreciate it. You're rubbing your eyes. Like, well, what's wrong? Because it's just always some big, it's, ridiculous it's so production. I mean, it's just great place. It's the best place Ah, it's ever. great. Yes, of course it is. 17 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So it is Father's Day weekend. And coming up, a new trend for grandfathers. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Father's Day coming up on Sunday. Happy Father's Day to to dads that are listening today. Rob Kendall, you've got your first Father's Day coming up on Sunday. Yes. Now, I imagine it's going to be different next year when baby will actually be here. But we have to talk about what's going on with you and uh, your family and your life and get everybody up to date because that baby is due any minute now. I could be out of here any second, Casey. (laughs) Her due date is actually July 4th, but you had mentioned off the air that you think maybe it'll happen before. Yeah, I think it's coming early. Really? I mean, you know me, I'm a total expert in all of this. Well, sure. Uh, Your years of experience? Parenting slash birthing experience, Mm -hmm. but... But I just have a sneaking suspicion it's going to happen before July the 4th. I'm thinking, let's see, I'm thinking next week sometime. Really? Yeah, I could be way off on that. What's the plan? Like, what if you're on the air? Are you just going to get a taxi and you're just going to get up and bolt? Oh, yeah, I'm out of here. Totally out of here. Do you have the bag packed? I got everything packed. I got everything ready to go. My job is to drive. Mm-hmm. Carry the stuff into the car mm-hmm. and drive. Yes. Ignore all the stop signs no, and traffic lights. No, no, no. I'm going to get one of those diplomat flags like they have at the UN. <laughs> Maybe a light to put on the top of my car. Uh-huh. You're going to have a police, uh, you know. I've been to the place. Escort to get you there. Charted the route. Mm -hmm. I have it all ready to go. I have my responsibilities 100% locked in and ready to go. Here's the thing I didn't know, Casey. Well, here's one of a gajillion things I didn't know. There's many things that you don't know. You you don't know what you don't know. Because, you know, like in the movies, it's always some lady's water breaks and we must rush you to the hospital. Can I tell you what happened when I had my daughter? Absolutely. It's half your show. We went to go, you know, because, oh, this is it. Time to go. Yeah. Went out to the garage to get into the car. Flat tire. Oh, no. No kidding. Yeah. So we did. I mean, we went in the other car. Yeah. But it's one of those things. We had planned on which vehicle to drive. Yeah. Because we thought it would be a smoother ride. Yeah. 
Well, the smoother ride had a flat tire. Oh, I was amazed at, the, they tell you when you first start going to labor, like, stay at home. Mm-hmm. The, the, well, why be at a hospital? Well, I just thought it was a thing like, again, what do I have to go off of other than the movies? This is my first time yeah. where, you know, you rush there and the baby is birthed. And within five hours, hey, there's a baby. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you have to stay and you have to count the contractions mm-hmm. and you have to, they have to be this far apart and they have to be this many for this time. And I was like, so when do we go? And they're like, you'll know when to go. <laughs> When she's about to punch you in the face. I can't tell you. That's when you Well, and other thing I didn't know is I thought the contractions just started and women went into birth, labor, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. It's like they have contractions all the way leading up now, and that's a thing. And the other night, she was like, you are, do I need to start counting? No. And then they'd happen again. Should I start counting? No. Third time. Should I start counting? She finally looked at me and said, you are stressing me out. I will tell you when it is time for us to go have this baby. Good for her. Well, yeah, there's the Braxton Hicks, which are like the fake contractions before the real contractions. Well, that's what I said. I was just doing what the, Mm -hmm. I was just trying to do the thing that I was told to do. And apparently the thing I was told to do is not needed to be done. Okay. Uh, What have you decided for Mike? What will he be called? Mike is your father. Oh, Grandpa. So it's going to be Grandpa. Yeah, this all these other names are stupid. Okay, well, there's this new thing. Uh, he's a father. No offense if you have one of these other names. Who's who's grand, but the phrase grandfather, grandpa, kind of falling out because a lot of people want to be known as different things. They're, Why? That's what you are. You're a grandfather. You're a grandpa. Why would you need to be anything other than the thing? This is the thing, right? Everybody, this, It's got to change. Everybody needs to be something other than what they are. That's mm-hmm. what you are. Mm-hmm. Well, what if there's two grandpas? You know, you got to decide, are they both grandpa? Or does one get the nickname and one is grandpa? No. That's see, another I, determining factor. So every night before I go to bed, I tell my daughter how many people love her and I go through the whole list of people who love her mm-hmm. and I also tell her she's the most well-known unbirthed baby in central Indiana <laughs> and I try, I've tried to explain that to her I don't know I don't know if it's processing or not they say the baby can definitely hear voices and becomes familiar with voices mm-hmm. sure and so I just refer to your grandma loves you your other grandma loves you okay alright and look the one that I can control will be grandma. And then if Gabrielle's mom wants to be called something different, then that's totally on her. I, I, She's a grown person. She can decide what she wants to do. I just control what I can control. And the grandma and grandpa mm-hmm. are what the people who mm-hmm. are the parents of the parents are called. So grandpa, papa, pop, poppy, pops. Going to give the kid a complex. Papa, granddad, gramps, opa, paul, pappy. Gran, all, Opa. All, all these different Opa's nicknames. Opa's German. Yeah, is yeah. That what, is that what they, they say yeah. at the Greek Opa. restaurant? Yeah. Opa. Well, well, that's like a celebration thing, but Opa and Oma is uh, grandma and grandpa in German. Yeah, you're right. So there's different languages that come into play here, too. And sometimes people let the child pick based on how they pronounce the name. Oh, no. My kids not decide nothing. <laughs> No, we see how that goes. No, 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 no. What, what's going to happen if, I mean, what's the plan here? Because you have to involve me a little bit in this plan. We do this daily show here. You, you weren't gonna, involved in creating this child. What are, do you mean I have to involve you, you in this plan? Are you going to text me? You're going to call me like yeah. I'm not coming in in the morning. Baby's here. See, baby's coming. See you in two weeks. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with Kev tomorrow. 
I'm so right. It'll be Kevin and I. Okay. Well, uh, you know, we hope you have a good Father's Day. Thank you. And But most importantly, when baby comes, we hope it's a smooth and safe Thank delivery. Thank you. You have been wonderful. Happy and healthy for all parties you, involved. You've been a phenomenal friend through this whole process. <laughs> Kevin's been very mediocre, but that's about all we can expect. All right. We've got more voicemails coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I just met you. with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We do have your voicemails coming up in just a moment. But uh, in the last segment, we were talking about the upcoming arrival of baby Kendall. And one thing that I wanted to mention, Ron DeSantis back on the campaign trail and he's making moves. Speaking of babies, he says that starting on July 1st, baby items in Florida will be tax free. He has uh, created a permanent sales tax exemption on baby items. Uh, so we were able to do permanent sales tax exemption on all baby and toddler items. So cribs, strollers, diapers, wipes, uh, children's clothing, anything for age five and under is now tax-free in the state of Florida starting July 1st. And so that's going to make it easier to raise kids. So he says that this is going to save Florida, Florida families an estimated $132 million. And plus, he's placed this permanent tax exemption on cribs and stole, strollers, which will save Florida families an estimated $4 million. Sounds like a pretty good deal, especially if you've got young ones. Yes. Uh, all right, let's get to voicemail, shall we? You got it. Okay. So yesterday, we played the voicemail from the lady, Mrs. Flanders. Mm-hmm who was very upset because she could not figure out what we have against the the, Flanders name, the Flanders name, because we refer to Rod Bray, who is the pro Tim of the Senate and Todd Houston, who is the speaker of the house here in Indiana as the Flanders boys. Of course, Rod and Todd were the names of the kids who are the sons of Ned Flanders on the Simpsons. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty cut and dry. I thought we had explained that uh, numerous times. However, she was very upset. She mentioned all the research she had done to try to figure out who that was and why we were so disparaging to the Flanders name. And she tracked down a bunch of Flanders businesses and Flanders who had lived in the state of Indiana. Lady, it is not that complicated. These two guys are goofs and clowns, just like the Flanders boys on The Simpsons were goofs and clowns. And that's it. That's all there was to it. So we pointed this out. Mm-hmm. She has called back. Okay. And I don't think well, she's pleased. Well, it's Jeannie again. <laughs> I'm a still working lady and do not have time to listen to all morning radio sh- very often. The irony of your reference to Todd Houston is my representative. I had just talked with his office prior to my voicemail to you. So I now know where I stand, my name stands, with your uh, thoughts. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, she's taking this as a personal affront to her. Jeannie, this is not about you or your family name at all. Casey, 
I feel bad. Why? We did a whole segment yesterday. I where know, we, but we... she seems like a nice person. And actually, somebody even sent me a message that they go to church with her, and she's a nice lady. Jeannie, this is not about you or your fan, Flanders family. Well, the, the Flanders clan takes it very seriously. They're <laughs> Casey, defending their name. At some point, you have to be, uh, who was it? Was it, was it Chris Tucker to... Uh, to Jackie Chan, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I I, how could we have not made it? We did a whole segment yesterday where we. It has nothing for. She's Ned, so thinks Ned, we're attacking her, and we're not. Ned Flanders is a. Let's we're, say it, we're attacking Todd Houston. Let's say it slowly. <laughs> Ned Flanders is a fictional character on a cartoon. Yeah, there's no chance that she's related to him. Yeah, he's not real. I know. And his kids are character kids, and. Their names are Rod and Todd. And since Rod's name is Rod, Rod Bray, and Todd Houston's name is Todd, and they're also complete jokes and characters and have run the state into the ground, we call them the Flanders Boys. It has nothing to do with you, Jeannie, or your family, or who you've been farming with since the 50s, or whatever. It has nothing, nothing, Jeannie, it has nothing to do with you. I think you've been clear. If his last name on The Simpsons had been Ned Blagojevich, then we'd call him the Blagojevich Boys. It just happens to be the name that Matt Groening and the people who started The Simpsons chose 35 years ago was Ned Flanders. Yes. <laughs> I feel bad for her. She's so offended. Have we made that clear? You did. You made it clear. Okay. I, I think we're good here. All right. Uh, somebody called and uh, was very complimentary of how we are uh, one of the few people who hold the Republicans accountable. Yeah, my name's Bill, and I have listened to the show for the last couple years and love the show. You guys are doing great. The thing that I want to talk about is, is how come Rob is the only person that ever wants to hold these politicians accountable? I sit and watch the news and all this stuff that's going on, and no one holds them accountable. And these Republicans, all they do is talk about what the Democrats are doing wrong. And they want information, and they want to do this, and they want to do that, but they never do it. I want to see action instead of talk. Talk is cheap. People need to start holding these Republicans up to scrutiny because they are not doing the best for the United States of America. You guys are doing a great show. Really appreciate it. Keep the word out. Well, he is right. Talk is cheap. It also doesn't pay very well. Well, you're right. No, I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, I have exited the club that, you know, I was once a part of, and I will never be allowed back in that club, and I got enough friends, and those people aren't really your friends. So many people, Hammer calls them butt sniffers, right? So many of these people are butt sniffers who, you know, I call them with the Pence people, the gravy train brigade. The grifters. The grifters. They make their money off being friends with these people. There are many people in our media who believe, I don't know whether it gives them ratings or importance or clout to have these people on. And so they just don't hold them accountable. But so many people pick teams. Yep. My yep. team against your team. Yep. And what we're failing to realize, it is not team against team. It's not team A against team B. It's the <laughs> politicians versus the citizens. Right. Right. And so you have a large group of people who will absolutely just not come out and say what they think, which ties us into our next phone call. Somebody is very upset that I have sources on all sorts of things mm -hmm. and don't name... Don't reveal them. Don't name the sources. Hello, this is directed to 
Rob. This is Phil from Johnson County. Just comment on your source, your hidden source within the Holcomb administration. I really think you should lay low on using that. The more I think about it, the worse I get uh, feeling that that's just not a good approach to take. Um, If they want to be a whistleblower about something, they should bring it out and be man or woman enough to bring it about. But if they're collecting a paycheck and they're working for an administration, they should be loyal to it. And I think you should rethink taking that information and spreading around as though it's possibly gossip. Well, but it's not gossip because how many times is it spot on, Casey? Yeah. It's not gossip. Yeah. It's, I know it's your, your your least favorite part of the show is when you have to come on the air and say how right you are. I mean, it's not it's not a gossip. These people are right. They work in there. And by the way, it's not one source. It's many. They know what Holcomb is and they don't work for Holcomb. They work for the taxpayers. That's why they tell me they don't work for Holcomb. They work for you. Any person in any person's administration or any person who works for the Senate or the House, they don't work for those people. They work for you. It's why I got out of working under Mike Pence, because I was working for the taxpayers and they wouldn't they were refusing to allow me to do the job on behalf of the taxpayers. It became a Mike Pence defense fund, basically. And I said, I'm not doing that. These people know what's right and they know what's wrong and they still have to feed their families Mm -hmm. and they still go to work wanting to do good on behalf of the taxpayer they go to work each day wanting to be someone that can contribute to society and make government better and they're frustrated and they're honked off about how terrible lockdown mcgee and his cronies have done the people of this state no i'm not telling you who they are because unlike it's not trump where it's well this is totally anonymous and it's wrong they're right all the time because they do work in there so no kiss off all right we've got susan beckwith who's going to join us next we're going to get some etiquette lessons in regards to golf are you behaving on the golf course this weekend we hope so it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. Casey, it is time to send people into the weekend with the life skills they otherwise don't possess to be decent members of society. (laughs) I love it how chipper she is when we talk to her. So many things to be grateful for is what Susan Beckwith says. Yes, her just general, always over-the-top pleasant demeanor just, well, I don't want to say I'm envious of it, but I'll tell you what, very few people (laughs) in the entire world possess her ability to always be happy and nice to people. (laughs) We don't understand 
understand it. It is uh, okay. So what we do, if you're new to the program, every Friday, final segment of the week, we take a topic where we feel many people in society are failing in an epic fashion, <laughs> and we give you the uh, information necessary to be a decent, better member of humanity. And we turn to our former Miss Indiana, Susan Beckwith. Of course, she has a very fabulous etiquette website, bellofthemidwest.com. And today, Casey, I don't know if you know, but Sunday is Father's Day. I do know that. And you've got your first Father's Day coming up. I'm so excited for you. So exciting. Thank you so much. And yes, one of the big parts of Father's Day weekend is you will see an incredible amount of people on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Calling on a Thursday, asking for a tea time on Sunday, like the day snuck up on them. And many people have no idea what they're doing on the golf course. So here to help us with the golf etiquette for the weekend is Susan Beckwith. Susan, how are you? I am doing well. So there's a little reason also why this topic was a bit of top of mind. Yes. Today is my 16-year wedding anniversary. Uh-oh. And Mike and I met and in college. He was at Huntington University on a golf scholarship, and he was captain of the golf team. So I knew nothing about golf. I remember telling him, I'm so excited to go to your game. And he quickly let me know that there are matches. Mm. And then even worse, I finally made it to his first match. And I don't know if it was nerves or just uh, I didn't realize, but I clapped during his backswing, which is like a big no-no. So <laughs> well, I let's... thought, you know what, maybe some helpful review out mm-hmm. there would be, uh, would be good. Well, let's talk about that golf clap is it ever appropriate to clap louder than the golf clap not to my knowledge now i'm going to be really honest and transparent with you i will say golf etiquette is a little out of my wheelhouse so i'm going to lean on rob quite a bit this morning but i thought you know what it's golf season the u.s open is happening and so uh to my knowledge i don't believe so casey but rob what do you think about that i just want to make sure i got this straight you went on i guess this would be like the first kind of girlfriend ish duty and your first act was you started clapping in the middle of my Micah's backswing. Yes, yes. So that I got a real quick education. You know, he was very kind, and he said, "Okay, this, you know, you don't want to do that." Was he nice so about I it? Mean, I learned pretty quickly. So here's the number one thing that I would say, Susan, and we can talk about this: is the pace of play. You've got you have an obligation if you're on the golf course. If you're in a golf cart, you should be able to get a round of 18 holes done in four hours and 30 minutes. You're not Tiger Woods. You're not Rory McIlroy. You're not Bryson DeChambeau. You're not very good. There's a good chance you're not very good. Just keep the pace of play going and move quickly. (laughs) And that is very much in line with what Micah said. He said, you know, two hours per nine holes. So uh, that is very much in line, although I think recently he encountered someone kind of difficult out at the brickyard that was uh, (laughs) kind of challenging and uh, to keep them moving along. But he said, yes. Keep it moving, two hours um, per nine holes. This is great information for all of the fellas who tell their ladies, I'm going to go golf nine, and then they're gone for six to seven hours. No, two. Two. Yes, Casey. Yeah, and here, here is the biggest part of this, Casey. It is the one of the biggest reasons for pace of play are a guy who thinks he can hit the ball further than he can. 
You probably can't. And guy who spends nine minutes looking for his golf ball. <laughs> the top flight you have lost is not that valuable. Just drop a ball and move on and keep going. <laughs> Mulligan. Uh, all right. One of the things, Susan, also that you hear a lot from people on the course is the noise, right? Like, it is great to talk to your friends. It is great to be involved in discussion. But keep your voice down. Other people are trying to play. <laughs> All right, so this is one that Micah really wanted me to discuss with you, and so now I hear your your stance on it. You know, historically, yes, it has always been stay quiet on the course, but he has started taking his Bluetooth speaker and attaches it to his golf bag, no. and he loves to play 60s music. Oh, okay, no. so you reprimand him because he says that a lot of players do that, and it is, you know, no longer, you know, protocol to keep it quiet. That's dance. He's like Rodney Dangerfield out there. This is the most annoying thing and you're right, Susan. I am seeing more and more people at the golf course where I work and other golf courses do this. Look, if you want to listen to 60s music, if you want to listen to the Archies, if you want to have disco night, do it at your own house. It is not on the golf course. This is not a a local uh, disco tech. This is a golf course. No. Thank you for bringing this up. This is so annoying because more and more people are doing this. They want to have fun what no (laughs) that's not allowed i will i will inform him that he is uh breaking protocol and uh that he needs to stop immediately all right susan i want to get to something that's very important to me and no it's not driving the golf cart around which i find to be the funnest part of golf uh (laughs) let's talk about the attire many clubs say you have to wear a collared shirt what's the deal you know when in doubt, always dress for the game. So slacks or nice khakis and a collared shirt. Um, so Micah, we were talking about if it was a private course and it's just, you know, you're going out by yourself to practice. He said, you know, it's not necessarily all that important, but he said, you know, when in doubt, go ahead and always dress appropriately. I, uh, I don't have as big an issue with this. Now, if there's a code for the club, mm-hmm. right, okay, you go to a private club or a semi-private right. club and they got a code, yeah, you got to do the code. But if you go to a municipal public course, I used to wear t-shirts all the time. Mm. I am totally, I am not, you have to dress for success golf guy. Because, Susan, it comes back to what we talked about earlier. There's a good chance you're not very good. <laughs> you're not fooling anyone by simply wearing a golf shirt. Mm. He seemed to indicate if it was like a scramble or something more formalized, that that would be a good idea to go ahead and, you know, wear the golf polo and and dress for the game. But just on an everyday kind of practice, I know when he takes Brody out, you know, he's not always wearing his golf polos. Uh, uh, Susan Beckwith (laughs) is our guest. It's your Mind Your Manners segment. Uh, Getting all the dads out there prepared for the weekend on the golf course, Father's Day weekend, one of the biggest uh, golfing weekends. Now, you had some Susan sends us a very lovely list of notes, and I want, from my perspective, leave you on this one. I love that you had this. Never walk in the line of the person who's about to putt. (laughs) Yes, because it can impact, you know, their putt by leaving an indention. So, you know, these are just some really good basic reminders. You know, you want to leave the course better than you found it. You don't want to walk in someone's putting line. 
uh, farthest from the hole putts first. So those are all some really good basic reminders, but it might come in handy for those that were novices like myself. I've I've come a long way. <laughs> now, Susan, one of the first times I went golfing, I did what many novices do. You and drank? You drank a whole bunch? I drank. Well, <laughs> I used my golf club like a cane. <laughs> And that's okay. apparently a no-no. <laughs> uh, I would I would assume for that same reason, Rob. Is that correct? Where well, it will leave? Look, whatever. If you want to take your expensive clubs and use them as a crutch of some sort and bend the club, that's 100% on you. And now, look, unlike us, Susan, Casey is very wealthy, so uh, it's, not a big a deal. it's not a big a deal mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Susan, tell us about your very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest. Yes, it's a great place to get in touch with me if you're interested in uh, possibly having me come and speak. I would love that. I kind of cover social graces, social etiquette, tea etiquette. Uh, also, if you have a, uh, an etiquette question, I received one recently from a listener wanting to know if it's improper for uh, someone to be invited to a bridal shower that will not be invited to the wedding. So uh, I love getting questions. So feel free to reach out. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Bell of the Midwest. And tell Micah, absolutely, don't be that guy. Don't play music in his golf cart. If he wants to play music, he can rent a bingo hall somewhere or do it at his own house. I love it. I will tell him. Uh, Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. And thank you for listening today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And happy Father's Day. It's Kendall and Casey, and we'll catch you back here on Monday on 93 WIBC.